Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. My name is Chase Jobert, black, African-American, and this is one of my stories. Uh, So I was in college. I went to SMU in Dallas. SMU is located in Highland Park. Highland Park is a very wealthy, predominantly white neighborhood, Um, and the campus is located really in the center of that neighborhood. I was studying for finals one night, uh, me and a couple buddies, and we got hungry. It was about 10 o'clock at night, and uh, my buddy gave me some cash. He said, hey man, can you go to Burger King for us all and grab some dinner? So there's a Burger King less than five miles away from campus. Um, I go to Burger King, and on my way back, I'm in a 2003 Pontiac Grand Prix, um, no tinted windows, no radio, really just minding my own business. And two officers looked down in my car, uh, really glaring down into my car. And so, you know, I look over, because they're on my left-hand side. I look over, I wave, I smile to try to break some of the tension. Immediately, the cop car pulls behind me, flashed lights. Um, there was a church that was on campus, and it was, again, right next to, like, our practice field, and uh, I pull into the church. Cop gets out of the car, comes over to my window, says, uh, license and registration. I give him my license and registration. He says, uh, he says, why did you pull into this church? I said, well, sir, because it was the first thing that I saw. And he said, why are you on this campus? I said, sir, because I go to school here. You know, would you like to see my school ID? He says, no. Um, Then he says, well, did you commit a murder tonight? I said, no, sir. I said, I'm a student here at SMU. Um, I went to go grab some dinner from Burger King for my friends and I. And now I'm just trying to get back to my dorm so I can continue to study for finals. Goes back to his car, sits there for a couple minutes, comes back, gives me my identification, walks away. Never gave me an opportunity or, you know, never gave me a, a description of the reason why he pulled me over. Never explained anything to me other than He just asked me if I committed a murder. Yeah. My name is Chase Jobert. I'm black, African-American, and we are one church, one family. Well, hey, Luminous Church, it's good to be with you online. And um, we all have a story. 
And we have been sharing these stories with one another because it's our heart that we could help understand one another and really have empathy for one another and where each of us comes from. And we all come to the same church, and it's amazing how somebody can come through our left doors and our right doors, but they never cross paths. And yet they worship in the same place, and they, they praise the same Jesus, but they don't know each other's story. We all have a story, and so we are one church and one family, and I'm excited to share some of these stories with you over the next several months as people in our church are sharing their experience. If you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 11. That's where we're going to be today. And man, it is amazing being here Thursday night. It is awesome. So awesome. So thankful for that. So blessed. And it's really a touching moment for me. Worship was incredible. So thank you, Tori, for leading worship. Thank you, team. It was just phenomenal in every way. And I was, I was super blessed. Not only did I feel the presence of God, I pray that you're feeling that at home right now. But it was amazing to see my, my daughter showed up at church today. So Brielle showed up at church. And she, she, this is her first time to be at church since March. And, uh, and it, it really makes me more aware of how important it is to be in proximity to one another. As your child comes in and you see them watching you worship, observing things, taking these these social cues that we have in Christianity through our liturgy and how important that is to train up a child in the way they should go to be able to see that and observe that and observe mom and dad worshiping and joining us in worship. That is of the utmost importance. So I just want to say and encourage everybody who calls Luminous Church home to join us over the next three Thursday nights. To, to, to fill this space because I think it's important. And I know that there's a lot of caution and there's a lot of uh, timidity. Well, I guarantee you everybody's wearing a mask except for me right now. Praise God. And, and we will socially distance as best as possible. But I want to invite you into our space if you're here in San Antonio. I also want to invite you, maybe you aren't in San Antonio, but you want to take your summer holiday a vacation, as they call it in the West, and you want to take your vacation and you want to visit San Antonio, come Thursday and drop in Thursday night. I, I want to thank everybody because in order for us to get in this space, we had, we've had uh, tens of thousands of dollars put into this space in order for us to worship in this space over the last three years. Every month on average, we had somebody baptized in this space. That's pretty amazing. Every month on average, somebody's been baptized. We've seen a life change. We've seen a soul resurrected, which we're going to talk about today. It's pretty incredible what has happened. And so it, maybe that's you. Maybe you have given to the, the church locally and, and the mission of Luminous in this city. I want to invite you into our space the next couple of Thursdays. I really think that the Holy Spirit's going to show up in an amazing way and bless you. As I talk about blessing, I want to read Numbers 6, 24 through 26, and we're all singing it right now. The New York blessing, the London blessing, there's the blessings going all around the world right now, thankfully, and thankful for Pastor Steve Furtick and Carrie Job and Cody Carnes and everybody who wrote this song, The Blessing. And it says this, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. 
the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. I want to start out with today by by, um, regurgitating some of Pastor Austin's message a couple of weeks ago when Jesus said that I am for you. When God said that I am for you and not against you, that he is here in order to bless you, in order to keep you, in order for his face to shine upon you, to be gracious to you in every situation and circumstance. And how many of you know we need the grace of God right now? I, 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 was, I was debating whether or not we move into a sermon series called The Hypocrite. And when I thought about that, I thought, maybe that's not a good place to go in this season, The last thing we need to do is be punched in the face again, beat up again, um, down on our luck again. How many of you are already kind of down on your luck lately? How many of you already maybe are going a little stir crazy and, and you're like, that's the last thing I want, Pastor Ben, is for the church to slap me right now. I just need a word of encouragement today. I need a word from the Lord. So I'm going to read it again. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. We need to know that God is for us in this moment and in this season. That in the season of COVID, in the season of social injustice, in the season that, that everything is crazy right now, We need to be reminded that God is for us. Go ahead. Touch your neighbor and say, God is for you. Point to somebody. Don't touch them. Point to them. God is for you. God is for you. Go ahead and put it in the screen. Put it in the chat box. Go ahead and and tag somebody. God is for you. Tag, Tag your Christian friends. Tag your agnostic friends. Tag your atheist friends. And let them know that the God of the universe had them in mind when they were created That he loves you and he dearly loves you. And it's why Jesus came to give us mission, access, compassion. He came to not only just do something legally through the cross and the resurrection, but he came to show us how to live. You see, three and a half years of Jesus' ministry or so, he showed us how to live. It was important that he would show us how to and not just tell us what to. How many of you are frustrated when your employer or maybe your spouse or somebody else, maybe a friend tells you what to do, but you may be ignorant in the situation. You're like, okay, but can you show me how to do it? If if you've never done anything before, you've never done the task that they're asking you to do, and they say, I want you to do this, you you need to be taught how. And Jesus knew this because he knows all things, and he knows the state that we're in. He needed to live long enough to set up some some ways of living that would help us be a better people. You see, God wants you to be a better people, a more loving people, a more compassionate people, a more patient people. Our, our kids right now, Luminous Church, right now they're doing the fruits of the Spirit. And it's amazing because God wants you to be a fruitful people. 
We're exhausted right now. Uh, show of hands, anybody exhausted? Maybe tired of masks? Maybe, maybe tired of socially distancing? Maybe you're just tired. Some of people in our church in this place have lost jobs. We're starting to lose loved ones. There's so many things happening. Our psyche is being affected like never before. Mental health is at an all-time high, and we thought it was high before. Check out some of these statistics from 2017. Um, It says that 44% of physicians experience burnout. That was from the Mayo Clinic in 2017. That 96% of medical professionals agree that burnout is an issue. And, that's, um, and then 40% of doctors with burnout say they lack resources. This is in 2017. We fast forward to a pandemic. And I just want to encourage our church and, and whoever's watching, you need to pray for medical professionals right now. Because if that's the statistics then, what are they now? We're all dealing with incredible pain and incredible loss. I mean, we've heard the stories of doctors um, taking their own life because of mental health and not being able to handle what's going on. This is an important time for us to gather as a community and to say that God is for you. And And I pray that today as we read John 11, that there would be something that helps us Be a better people, a people that look more like Jesus. Not better in position, right position, and standing with God. We know that grace alone abounds, and it's only by grace that we have position. I'm talking about a better people living it out on earth today. Living the kingdom through us in every way possible to our neighbors, to our friends, to our coworkers. How do we become a better people? I think we've been diving into understanding the character of God because I think if I were to rely on my own character, I think I would have broke by now. Uh, My mental state would have been depleted. John 11 says this, and I'm going to be reading a lot of scripture. So we're going to start in verse 1, and we'll break it down. And I just want to highlight a point after each few verses. If you're taking notes, um, the first note would be a grave sickness, a grave sickness. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him saying, Lord, he whom you love is ill. Super ill. So ill that we later find that it led to his death. And the truth is, is a grave sickness is something that we all can relate to right now, being ill. Uh, Maybe it's mentally. uh, Maybe it's physically. Maybe you're feeling a little ill spiritually. Maybe your time with Jesus has not been what you want it to be right now. Maybe uh, you just keep listening to the same worship song and you just need another worship song. Maybe it's something that just, whatever it is, where we're just stuck and there's a sickness. Have you ever been really sick before? Has anybody ever been really sick before? I've had mono twice. Twice. I mean, that's, 
That seems unfair, right? Where's the antibodies to mono? And I had a one, I was five years old, missed three weeks of, of kindergarten, and I was sick. And then I had it again when I was 19, and it repeated itself, and you literally think you're going to die. Have you ever been so sick that you think you're going to die? Where you think, I, almost where you would rather be dead if you were to continue in that state for much longer. I, I think we've all been sick before and we've had it really bad. And there's a sickness right now with COVID and it is hitting and it is, it is taking people's life. And then other people are getting it and they are, they are barely making it. And there's some amazing stories of recovery and that's happening. We've also maybe had some other sickness in our life, like a loss of job. And I I know that there's been a lot of people who've lost their job, lost their employment, and wondering how they are even going to pay their bills. We all suffer with sickness. And, And in Matthew 10, 28, it says this, And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. It's amazing to me is that that scripture that Jesus says right there is one that really challenges you, doesn't it? Don't be afraid of the one who can kill the body. Don't be afraid of the, the sickness that can destroy this physical ailment because the truth is that there is something more important than what we just physically see. We know that. And yet it's still challenging and it's still painful. Jesus makes these statements and we see these statements in the Bible and they're, they're said like, death, where is thy sting? Where we are looking for a greater kingdom, a greater glory. And yet we are quarantined in our house and it's going crazy. And we wonder, it's hard to wrestle with our own emotions and our own feelings and our own dealings it's very challenging but God is glorified through resurrection life is what we see that whatever sickness you have whatever illness you have whatever pain you have we see that God is glorified when there's a resurrection of life over whatever pain or sickness or illness there may be But when Jesus heard it, he said in verse 4, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And this is hard knowing that in the middle of pain that God is going to use pain in order to be glorified. In the middle of suffering, in the middle of trial, in the middle of accusations, and when you feel like you've just been battered, just know that God is going to be glorified through it. Now, I know we're talking about Lazarus specifically, and most of us know this story. But if we look at the whole of Scripture, we see how God is glorified when he breathes resurrection life into your hopeless situation. That God is glorified when he starts redeeming the loss, redeeming situations, and redeeming that which you didn't think was redeemable. And then we see in verse 5 where Jesus starts changing his trajectory. And he says this, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard the 
When he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now, all of us have heard this. Why is Jesus waiting so long? That's the question of the century. Why, Jesus, are you waiting two days when you could just say the words and it could happen right then? And I think that's so true for us in this situation is we thought that COVID would be over by Easter. Then we thought COVID would be over by Pentecost. I mean, 50 days they waited the Holy Spirit would come and it's still not over. How long do we have to wait? And the amazing thing about Jesus is he just knows exactly how long you need to wait. He's not in a hurry. And sometimes he's in a hurry. The most important thing to know is God is always on time. He's always on time and he's always coming and showing up at the right place. Then after this, he said to the disciples, let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Are you going there again? Do you realize we just left this region They tried to kill you, and now we must go again. You are crazy. But Jesus knew something that I think we know tonight, and I think you know that's watching online. When a friend needs you, you have to go. How many know that's true? When a friend really needs you, you have to go. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he he will recover. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there so that you may believe, but let us go to him. So Thomas called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. This is an amazing moment because we have to realize that when your friend is in need, you have to go. And when your friend is hurting and they're sick, you have to come. This is a call to community like we haven't heard in a long time. A call to say that if there's somebody alone and sick and there's somebody who's in distress and they're mentally beaten up and they're psychologically just ruined or they're emotionally feel abandoned or spiritually they're running dry or physically laying in a hospital room, there is a time church when you need to go there's a time church when you need to go and I'm not telling you when that time is maybe it's two days maybe it's a week but I'm going to tell you there's a time when you have to go and so I just want to encourage our church sometimes you got to mask up and show up right sometimes you just got to be in the situation because there's people hurting and i think something that we have done and and i'm i'm guilty of this as well is sometimes we position ourselves in such a way where where our walls be, our house becomes walls or a fortress away from the rest of the everybody else how I many you know that's true 
Am I the only one? The only one. Sometimes you got, you got to show up and mask up. And Jesus is saying, sometimes you got to show up for a friend who is in need. And there's been moments where we need to show up. And then there's moments when you have to pray and assess, are they sick or are they not? Right? I'm not telling you, church, to go to the bar and evangelize this weekend. Praise God. You could, but I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not telling you to go into every situation. I'm not telling you to act foolishly. What I'm saying is, is there a friend who is sick, who is in need, who needs you to show up? In verse 17, it says this. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Do you believe he has resurrection power? Do you believe that he has resurrection power? I'm telling you, it's an hour where people are doubting the resurrection power of God. It's an hour, church, where people are doubting God's goodness and doubting that God can intervene in a hopeless situation in something that is dead. How can God show up when somebody is dead? And not just dead, dead, dead. You know what I mean? Like double dead. Like this dude four days dead. He stinketh, so the Bible said. He, he is so out of it. He is, he is dead. And I'm telling you right now, there are people right now who feel like things are dead, dead in their life. They feel like mentally they are dead, dead. They feel like their business is dead, dead. They feel like their relationships are dead. They feel like their marriage is is dead. They feel like their kids are gone and they're dead, dead. There's no hope for them. But as Lenny Kravitz would say, it ain't over till it's over. That dates me. Or, or, or maybe, you know, that came from Yogi Berra where he said, it ain't over till it's over in the 1973 pennant for the Eastern Championship and, and the N, NFC or whatever championship is. I don't even know. I don't watch baseball. Why am I using that analogy? Yogi Berra said it ain't over till it's over. It ain't over till it's over. I think we need to remind people in the goodness of God and who he is. It ain't over. COVID, it's not over. It ain't over. It's not over. It's not done. 
Jesus is still moving and he has resurrection power. Do you believe it, church? Do you believe that he has resurrection power? And Jesus knew the outcome. He knew the outcome of what was going to happen to Lazarus. And yet, he still weeps. I want to read verse 28. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. When she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now, when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would have not died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Jesus has resurrection power, but Jesus also, as we see in his life on earth, had the ability to move to compassion when people are hurting and weep when people die and when our things are dead. He weeps with those who weeps. He sheds tears. He mourns. He's right there with them. And I think Something that has jaded our society is we forgot how to weep. We forgot how to cry. We forgot how to shed tears. It's amazing as I grew up, if you were masculine and, and, and part of your, your manhood was you don't cry. I remember every time, not say I remember, but it's literally every time we do Freedom Weekend, which is this weekend, there's always a grown man in there who sees the compassion and love of Jesus show up in a situation and begin to heal something that they thought was dead, dead, and they begin to weep. And after the session is over, many of these men come up to me and said, I haven't cried like that in years. I don't even remember weeping like that. You see, we forgot how to weep, and, and it's even being portrayed or projected onto women as well, where women in this movement of equality, where women feel like we have to be equal, and we have to be strong, and we have to buckle up, and they can't see us vulnerable because, because evil will prey on vulnerability. But I'm going to tell you that God will protect you in your vulnerability. God wants to protect you in the moment that you're able to just be emotional, that you're able to move into a place of weeping. You see, when Jesus wept, it didn't, they didn't capitalize on that. Instead, they said, he is like me. And truly, people in their pain and hurt, when they see you weep, they, they realize, like, you're human. There's some humanity coming out. We see some of Jesus' humanity come out in this situation. Resurrection power, fully God, weeping, fully man. 
It's amazing this moment where they just come and they, they just cross over and we see this expression of emotion through a man that we so needed to see. And I believe that the writer would write this in there and that he would make note of it because we needed to see that Jesus weeps when we weep. I want to let you know wherever you've been, if you've been in a lonely situation and you've been down and you've been crying and there's been pain, that Jesus weeps when you weep. He sees you. He sees you. See, Jesus, he will weep with us. He has resurrection power and yet so humble that he will cry in the middle of our pain. That is our God. They're starting to know this, that that you can't separate the spiritual from the emotional. Do you realize that? It's like those are intertwined, and, and you can't separate the emotional from the mental. And that's something that we're seeing as well. All the scientists are seeing the, the, how those things are crossing, the mental and the emotional, how those are wrapped up into one. And I'm telling you, it's all in the Imago Dei in the image of God and how he made you three in one just as he is three in one. It's a beautiful picture. He is the life. Let me begin to close with this. Then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor for he has been dead four days. It stinketh. Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? The key to see the glory of God is belief, church. If you want to see God glorified, you have to believe. So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always, always, always hear me. I love that word, always. Everybody say, always. Type always. Somebody say, always. You see, God doesn't turn a deaf ear to his children, to his son. If he doesn't turn a deaf ear to his son, will he turn a deaf ear to you? He always hears you, church. But I said this on account of the people standing around that they may believe that you sent me when he had said these things he cried out loud with a loud voice Lazarus come out the man who had died came out his hands and his feet bound with linen stripes strips and his face wrapped with a cloth Jesus said to them to them unbind him and let him go that he is has resurrection power and he is the life that he breathes life into dead people, into dead situations. And things that are dead, God can breathe life in again. He is glorified in this moment that, that Martha is giving all glory and praise and honor to God for her brother who is dead is now alive. And then we see and we fast forward. A few moments later in where we see that Jesus was also dead, dead in a tomb. And a stone rolled over it. But when they rolled away the tomb, Jesus was not dead, dead. But he was alive. And that was the greatest miracle. Because in that moment, everybody gave glory to God. And it's why we're on this today. Because we give glory to God. Because if Jesus can be raised from the dead, you and me can be raised from the dead and if we believe and trust in him then our life will be forever changed and he'll bring life 
into dead situations. Colossians 2.12. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith and the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive all together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. My questions for you, church, my questions for you, Luminous, how are you glorifying God this week? How are you glorifying God this week with your resurrected life? How are you glorifying him? Second question, do you need a resurrection of something in your life? Do you feel like there's something dead, dead in your life? Do you feel like something lifeless is in you and you just need some resurrection power? I want to pray for you, but then I want you to position yourself this week just like Mary did, just like Martha did in the presence of the one who can breathe life into that dead situation. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? With your head bowed and your eyes closed, maybe you're positioning yourself wherever you are watching this. If you're able to do that, I, I, want, I would love for you to do it because when we bow our head and close our eyes, it's a posture posture in the proximity of God's presence moves us in a place of receiving not just spiritually but physically, emotionally mentally we need to posture ourselves holistically at the feet of Jesus because he needs to heal some things that are hurting and in pain Father, I thank you for resurrection power. I thank you for life and life abundantly. I thank you, God, that, that Jesus, you breathe life into hopeless situations, and we need you to do that in our nation, in our city, and personally. God, as I was talking, people on the phone, they're having to, they're having to lay off people. Some people are losing their jobs. Some people are moving into depression and hopelessness. But I'm praying, God, for a fresh breath right now. I'm praying that you would breathe upon your sons and daughters right now. I pray that you would breathe like you haven't breathed before. That, God, that which seems hopeless would be hopeful. If you can raise Lazarus from a tomb, you can raise this situation to life right now. So would you do that, Holy Spirit, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we're asking this. Thank you, Jesus, for weeping 
when we weep. And I pray that you would show us what you're weeping over. And would compassion fill us, love fill us, empathy fill us. Fill us up, Lord Jesus. Amen. Well, hey, wherever you are, there's a moment right now for you to respond and get more ministry time. And so you can do that here Thursday night and come pray with my wife and me right after service. Or, or you can DM us and we will have ministry workers ready to pray for you and minister to you. Uh, we don't want you to be alone in this because God's called us to a great community in a great city where we're able to reach amazing people. He loves you, church. God is for you. Two other questions. You need to be like Jesus and weep with somebody. Maybe you haven't wept and you didn't feel like you had permission. This is your permission. If you need it from me or you need it from the Lord, this, this verse right here is your permission. Do you need to speak life into somebody is my second question for you. Is there somebody that you know that you need to speak life and encouragement to? Do that this week. We love you. Be blessed. We'll see you next Sunday.